Well, it looks like we made it to the end of one very unusual week and looking forward to the weekend and and maybe a better week next week. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The past couple of radio shows for those that listen to the the weekday version as either a podcast or a radio show have been have been unusual. We we've had quite a week. Started out Monday looking forward to what might or might not happen on Wednesday and then Wednesday it, we got to Wednesday new president peaceful transfer of power and shared my thoughts yesterday about where we're heading and we'll get more into it next week a lot of people made a lot of predictions that didn't come true but regardless there's a change in administration there's a change in Washington DC Honestly, I don't think the Democrats thought they were going to get all three branches. Time will tell. We already see that uh, some of the hubris of all the things they're going to do are not quite what they said they are. Maybe some reality is setting in. I'm going to line up some guests next week, and we're going to take a look at it. Regardless, the church must be prepared for changing times. It doesn't matter who's in the presidency. We have been just creeping in this direction for 30, 40 years. It doesn't matter if you have a Democrat or a Republican. The swamp, the forces of Antichrist that are already in this earth have been here since Jesus left. They're always fighting. And I think the church discovered during the pandemic just how woefully unprepared the church was when business as usual can't be done. A lot of things can affect your business as usual. We'll talk about that next week. As many of you know, besides doing this radio program, I am still in active ministry. I am the presiding bishop of a small little church body known as the Reformed Anglican Church. And in that capacity, I I had a had a wonderful opportunity to be away to receive a church from Texas into our group. Went to Lubbock, Texas to receive a church and had a wonderful service, just met some incredibly nice people. And as part of my time out there, they, they're they kind of involved with a radio show on a news talk station in Lubbock. And they asked me if I would consider being a guest on you know one of the hours it's a two-hour show runs locally out there noon to two and i was the guest during the uh one to two o'clock hour of the program the program is called reason religion and reality and it's heard on radio station kfyo am 790 and fm 95.1 in lubbock and I had a great time. I got a chance to talk about what I do ministry-wise and and how we as Christians live out our life as citizens. I mean, this this is what we were, were talking about. The program is actually sponsored by and presented by the Constitutionalist Society of Texas. And I was really glad to be there on that station this past Sunday. Had a great time. And they were kind enough to send me some of the audio clips of our time together for that hour. 
And for part of the program today, I'd like to share just a few of those snippets of the radio program. So without any further delay, let's go to the first little segment of Reason, Religion, and Reality as heard this past weekend on KFYO Radio in Lubbock, Texas. Welcome back to Reason, Religion, Reality. Steve Evans, Wes Brown, Mallory Miller, Larry Holland, a beautiful, a beautiful 48 degrees. It really is pretty today. It's warming up a little bit. Joining us for our second hour, Robert S. Bierman, Bishop of the Reformed Anglican Church. Welcome. Thank you. Just call me Bob. I don't think we got you on right there. Try again. Try it now. There we go. <laughs> we you can just you. call me Bob. And see, we can make fun of you now because yeah. you told me you were a radio engineer. When wow, you're you came the guy that touched the switch you, last. You can't even so turn I can... your mic on. <laughs> uh, just call me Bob for the duration. It'll be <laughs> a lot you. easier. Thank you, Bob. I wanted to ask you, uh, and, and uh, Bob, you've got a podcast, Truth to Ponder, you can find. I just found it on Apple Podcasts, but you're broadcasting on shortwave, too, yeah. which is really cool. Not many people doing that anymore. But Four times a day, Monday through Friday and I think Saturday on on several frequencies and Sunday there's a repeat of the Friday on a couple of other stations. Still got an old tube type shortwave. It, it, every once in a while I have to get on the internet and find some tubes to so yeah. I can still make it work. Um, well, there's plenty of radios out there. They seem to be selling a lot of them these days because of the direction of the world. Yeah, I agree with you. So I wanted to ask you uh, about the Anglican Church, how it's how it's structured, and especially you know we've got uh, there, there's different bishops. So there's there's different types of uh, I don't have a. Good you need word a program to follow the whole thing. It, so it's it, a it, does, it, it gets it gets confusing. In our case, I come out of a group that was a breakaway of the Episcopal Church back in the 1970s when they were having theological issues, and that's where I come from. Personally, I was raised Missouri Synod Lutheran. Ended up in the Anglican Church when I got into my 40s, uh, while still working in broadcast. Ended up in the ministry by 1996, so it's been 25 years since I was, as a matter of fact, it was Epiphany on uh, January 6th was my anniversary of ministry, 25 years of doing this. But I've always paid my own way, always had a job that paid so I could have my ministry habit, mm-hmm. you know, just one of those hobbies. But how is how is the Anglican Church structured? What's, what's the structure of it? Is, is there a hierarchy there? Yeah, we, each group tends to have their own little hierarchy, for lack of a better term. In our case, we're not as uh, top-heavy. In terms, we have a presiding bishop. They elected me. <laughs> Good for them. Mm-hmm. And we have a couple of others that, re- that deal in other territories. Then we have priests and we have deacons or presbyters, whichever you want to call them. And we're, But we're not as... I don't like the terms lordship and all this other stuff. I don't stand on a lot of ceremony. I I just recognize that the idea of bishops is just what we had in the early church. You had people, the apostles were the original bishops, so to speak, and St. Paul was one of them. Then you had people in charge of local congregations. The Bible calls them presbyters, and they also set apart and ordained deacons. And that's essentially all we're doing, trying to keep that same model. And are they not uh, bishops in, in the mode of elders in the evangelical church? Yeah, you could. I think that would be a good analogy. Very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't pontificate or anything like that. I mean, my job is to primarily be a leader and visit churches, help churches that are trying to get established, bring other clergy in. I have no agenda for myself. 
I mean, God called me to this work. He has blessed me in my other work in radio and broadcast. So I, I just give my time back for all the wonderful things he's done for me. Mallory came in here today, just wound up, said you were on fire in the pulpit today. Um, I'm just, you know, you had everybody on their feet. He was, he was pretty excited. <laughs> and he wanted to, he wanted to bring up, uh, I think you, you covered First Samuel today. You had, Mallory, you wanted to, to have a discussion yeah. about... about uh, yes, uh, uh, what Bishop Behrman said uh, at the beginning of his sermon was uh, the, the passage that we were reading out of our lectionary uh, was about uh, Samuel uh, as a child in the in the uh, temple, uh, being called by God and not recognizing that call, but that's sandwiched between what happened earlier in Samuel and how that Israel had uh, gone b- bad, and what happened after Samuel and how it began to recover. So, we, that's kind of the context. That yeah, and and the best way to describe it. At that time, Israel had become very laid back. Uh, they, were, they didn't care much about the temple anymore and worship. There were very few people that really worshiped. And this gal, Hannah, she did. She still loved God. And she was so concerned about her fellow Israelites. She said, Lord, if I'm ever given a son, she never thought she could have children. I will dedicate him to the temple. I will give him to the temple for your service for my people. And when she became pregnant and had Samuel, that's exactly what, by the time he was just a little kid, he now is living and serving at the temple. Well, God blessed her with five more children, three boys, two girls. Samuel grew up in that temple. And what God was pointing out, the priest at the temple, Eli, had two very notorious, as the Bible uses the term, sons. That made a mockery of it all. They were sleeping with all the women that hung around the temple. They were stealing all the good meat from the sacrifice. They were just living the life of Riley. They didn't care. They were making a mockery of God's sacrifice, which to a Christian today is making a mockery of his son, Jesus Christ. And God had had enough and told Eli, you won't even discipline and stop your own sons. So your eyes will be diminished. Your hearing diminished. And your sons will die in their prime on the same day. And they did. And, the, and, and Eli had been the family that had been given the priesthood since they had gotten out of Egypt. And God took that away as well and gave it to Samuel. And for a while, the Ark of the Covenant was taken out of the temple by the, by the Philistines and was gone for six months. So God was no longer present until it came back. And now Samuel is in charge. Just how God works. And I think the lesson for the church today, when we, when we stop preaching about sin, when we stop, we, we take God for granted, when we take all the things that he gives us for granted or make a mockery of it, he's going to pull the plug at some point. We have a nation that has turned its back on God, makes a mockery of him. We have churches that have disposed of the gospel and invented a new one. And they've selectively ripped out worse than even Thomas Jefferson's Bible, where he was selective. They have ripped out a lot more. And they refuse to call sin sin. Instead, they celebrate it. And if you don't celebrate their sin with them, there's something wrong with you and your church. I believe the real church, the true church, are going to be the ones that are going to be persecuted in the days ahead. Now, maybe it could be next week. could be 20 years. I don't know. But the day, God's patience is only so long. 
So how do we prepare to be uh, under persecution? First and foremost, people, and this is a problem in the church, you've got to be grounded in God's word and know it. If you don't know the word, you don't have the instructions and you're on your own. And, and I meet too many Christians that don't spend any time. Look, God convicted me of this a while back. You get so busy in ministry, you never have time to read his word. I've done it. I've been there in my ministry. You get so into the day-to-day. You forget there, there are things you need to do. And we need to be grounded in his word. And we need to learn. You know, in, we, a lot of churches talk about the love of God. There's an expression in the Bible that is there far more than the term love. And that term is fear not. You'll find fear not in the scripture more than you'll find the love of God. He's telling you trust and fear not. Wisdom begins with the true fear of the Lord, respect of God. And our churches have lost sight. Christians have lost sight. They put God in a box. I'll see him when it's convenient. As the old saying goes, when I come to your church, only sing two hymns. Jesus Christ has risen today in silent night. And that's about what it is for too many people. Yeah. (laughs) Well, then, uh, being lax in the reading of the word means that we are depriving ourselves of part of our equipment, part Mm -hmm. of our armament. Exactly. Put on the full armament of God. And we don't do that anymore. We try to go on our own power. I don't want to say something that people read the wrong way. And I'm just trying to make sure you're giving, I'm trying to get your time cues so I'm not going too long here. A lot of people, and I mentioned this to some people after the service today. I don't think I did it in this. Maybe I did it in the service. I have a family member that goes to a church, a growing dynamic church with the praise band and everything else. And she comes home one day says, I got nothing out of church today. And my question was, what did you put into it? And I got this very perplexed look. What do you mean what, what, what I put into it? The music just didn't move me. I said, that's not why you go there to be entertained. And too many churches today, you sit in these comfortable seats. There's a light show. Had a person write my podcast and radio show. And this is a strange story. She's in her 20s and found me. And knows nothing about shortwave. She does now. But she said, with the pandemic, I started watching my church online. And I realized, this is theater. Oh this my is goodness. a show. She said, I didn't realize how much of a stage show this thing was. And she said, and I've been looking for a church. I'm going, I'm in the wrong place. Oh, my goodness. I've got a story for you, but it's going to have to wait. We'll take the break. You're listening to Reason, Religion, Reality. Steve Evans, Wes Brown, Mallory Miller, Larry Holland. We're hanging out with Bob. We'll be right back after the break. Reason, religion, and reality continues in a moment on KFYO. Now, once again, you're listening to a recording of a broadcast from radio station KFYO in Lubbock, Texas. I was the guest for the program Reason, Religion, and Reality when I was out in Texas last week. And, of course, at this time, they are are taking, because they are a commercial radio station, they were taking a commercial break. And uh, after the break... 
Like I said, this was an opportunity uh, for me to be on there. If you're just tuning in right now and a little confused, this program, uh, this is Truth to Ponder. I am your host, Bob Bierman, and I'm sharing uh, my time on the radio last week in uh, Lubbock, Texas. So here's a little bit more of um, that interview. Welcome to Reason, Religion, and Reality, a project of the Constitutionalist Society, LLC. Each week, members of the Constitutionalist Society will discuss the latest in political and religious news. Phone lines are open at 770-5790, and you can voice your opinion on the KFYO text line at 806-680-2790. Reason, Religion, and Reality on News Talk 95.1 and 790 KFYO. Welcome back to Reason, Religion, Reality. Steve Evans, Wes Brown, Mallory Miller, Larry Holland, a beautiful, a beautiful 48 degrees. It really is pretty today. It's warming up a little bit. Joining us for our second hour, Robert S. Bierman, Bishop of the Reformed Anglican Church. Welcome. Thank you. Just call me Bob. I don't think we got you on right there. Try again. Try it now. There we go. <laughs> we you can you. just call me Bob. And see, we can make fun of you now because yeah. you told me you were a radio engineer. Well, wow, you're you the guy in, that touched you, the switch you, last. You can't even so turn can... your mic on. <laughs> uh, just call me Bob for the duration. It'd be <laughs> a lot easier. You. Thank you, Bob. I wanted to ask you, uh, and, and uh, Bob, you've got a podcast, Truth to Ponder, you can find. I just found it on Apple Podcasts, but you're broadcasting on shortwave, too, yeah. which is really cool. Not many people doing that anymore. But Four times a day, Monday through Friday and I think Saturday on on several frequencies and Sunday there's a repeat of the Friday on a couple of other stations. Still got an old tube type shortwave. It, it, every once in a while I have to get on the internet and find some tubes to yeah. I can still make it work. Um, well, there's plenty of radios out there. There seem to be selling a lot of them these days because of the direction of the world. Yeah, I agree with you. So I wanted to ask you uh, about the Anglican Church, how it's how it's structured, and especially you know we've got uh, there, there's different bishops. So there's there's different types of. Uh, I don't have a. Good you need word a program to follow the whole thing. It, so it's it, a curriculum. It, does, it, it gets it gets confusing. In our case, I come out of a group that was a breakaway of the Episcopal Church back in the 1970s when they were having theological issues, and that's where I come from. Personally, I was raised Missouri Synod Lutheran. Ended up in the Anglican Church when I got into my 40s, uh, while still working in broadcast. Ended up in the ministry by 1996, so it's been 25 years since I was, as a matter of fact, it was Epiphany on uh, January 6th was my anniversary of ministry, 25 years of doing this. But I've always paid my own way, always had a job that paid so I could have my ministry habit, mm-hmm. you know, just one of those hobbies. But how is how is the Anglican Church structured? What's, what's the structure of it? Is, is there a hierarchy there? Yeah, we, each group tends to have their own little hierarchy, for lack of a better term. In our case, we're not as uh, top-heavy. In terms, we have a presiding bishop. They elected me. (laughs) Good for them. And we have a couple of others that that deal in other territories. Then we have priests and we have deacons or presbyters, whichever you want to call them. But we're not as... I don't like the terms lordship and all this other stuff. I don't stand on a lot of ceremony. I, I just recognize that 
the idea of bishops is just what we had in the early church. You had people, the apostles were the original bishops, so to speak, and St. Paul was one of them. Then you had people in charge of local congregations. The Bible calls them presbyters. And they also set apart and ordained deacons. And that's essentially all we're doing, trying to keep that same model. And are they not uh, bishops in, in the mode of elders in the evangelical church? Yeah, you could. I think that would be a good analogy, very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't pontificate or anything like that. I mean, my job is to primarily be a leader and visit churches, help churches that are trying to get established, bring other clergy in. I have no agenda for myself. I mean, God called me to this work. He has blessed me in my other work in radio and broadcast. So I I just give my time back for all the wonderful things he's done for me. Mallory came in here today, just wound up, said you were on fire in the pulpit today. Um, I'm just, you know, you had everybody on their feet. He was, he was pretty excited (laughs) and he wanted to, he wanted to bring up, uh, I think you, you covered first Samuel today. You you had Mallory, you wanted to to have a discussion about, about, uh, yes. uh, uh, What Bishop Behrman said, uh, at the beginning of his sermon was, uh, the, the passage that we were reading out of our lectionary, uh, was about, uh, Samuel, uh, as a child in the, in the uh, temple uh, being called by God and not recognizing that call. But that's sandwiched between what happened earlier in Samuel and how that Israel had uh, gone bad and what happened after Samuel and how it began to recover. So that's kind of the context. Yeah, and, and the best way to describe it, at that time, Israel had become very laid back, uh, they were, they didn't care much about the temple anymore and worship. There were very few people that really worshipped. And this gal, Hannah, she did. She still loved God. And she was so concerned about her fellow Israelites. She said, Lord, if I'm ever given a son, she never thought she could have children. I will dedicate him to the temple. I will give him to the temple for your service, for my people. And when she became pregnant and had Samuel, that's exactly what, by the time he was just a little kid, he now is living and serving at the temple. Well, God blessed her with five more children, three boys, two girls. Samuel grew up in that temple. And what God was pointing out, the priest at the temple, Eli, had two very notorious, as the Bible uses the term, sons. That made a mockery of it all. They were sleeping with all the women that hung around the temple. They were stealing all the good meat from the sacrifice. They were just living the life of Riley. They didn't care. They were making a mockery of God's sacrifice, which to a Christian today is making a mockery of his son, Jesus Christ. And God had had enough and told Eli, you won't even discipline and stop your own sons. So your eyes will be diminished. Your hearing diminished. And your sons will die in their prime on the same day. And they did. And, the, and, and Eli had been the family that had been given the priesthood since they had gotten out of Egypt. And God took that away as well and gave it to Samuel. And for a while, the Ark of the Covenant was taken out of the temple by the, by the Philistines and was gone for six months. So God was no longer present until it came back. And now Samuel was in charge. 
just how God works. And I think the lesson for the church today, when we, when we stop preaching about sin, when we stop, we, we take God for granted, when we take all the things that he gives us for granted or make a mockery of it, he's going to pull the plug at some point. We have a nation that has turned its back on God, makes a mockery of him. We have churches that have disposed of the gospel and invented a new one. And they've selectively ripped out worse than even Thomas Jefferson's Bible where he was selective. They have ripped out a lot more. And they refuse to call sin sin. Instead, they celebrate it. And if you don't celebrate their sin with them, there's something wrong with you and your church. I believe the real church, the true church, are going to be the ones that are going to be persecuted in the days ahead. Now, maybe it could be next week. could be 20 years. I don't know. But the day, God's patience is only so long. So how do we prepare to be uh, under persecution? First and foremost, people, and this is a problem in the church, you've got to be grounded in God's word and know it. If you don't know the word, you don't have the instructions and you're on your own. And, and I meet too many Christians that don't spend any time. Look, God convicted me of this a while back. You get so busy in ministry, you never have time to read his word. I've done it. I've been there in my ministry. You get so into the day-to-day. You forget there, there are things you need to do. And we need to be grounded in his word. And we need to learn. You know, in, we, a lot of churches talk about the love of God. There's an expression in the Bible that is there far more than the term love. And that term is fear not. You'll find fear not in the scripture more than you'll find the love of God. He's telling you trust and fear not. Wisdom begins with the true fear of the Lord, respect of God. And our churches have lost sight. Christians have lost sight. They put God in a box. I'll see him when it's convenient. As the old saying goes, when I come to your church, only sing two hymns. Jesus Christ has risen today in silent night. And that's about what it is for too many people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then, uh, being lax in the reading of the word means that we are depriving ourselves of part of our equipment, part mm-hmm. of our armament. Exactly. Put on the full armament of God. And we don't do that anymore. We try to go on our own power. I don't want to say something that people read the wrong way. And I'm just trying to make sure you're giving, I'm trying to get your time cues so I'm not going too long here. A lot of people, and I mentioned this to some people after the service today. I don't think I did it in this. Maybe I did it in the service. I have a family member that goes to a church, a growing dynamic church with the praise band and everything else. And she comes home one day says, I got nothing out of church today. And my question was, what did you put into it? And I got this very perplexed look. What do you mean what, what, what I put into it? The music just didn't move me. I said, that's not why you go there to be entertained. And too many churches today, you sit in these comfortable seats. There's a light show. Had a person write my podcast and radio show, and this is a strange story. She's in her 20s and found me and knows nothing about shortwave. She does now. But she said, with the pandemic, I started watching my church online. And I realized, this is theater. Oh my this goodness. is a show. She said, I didn't realize how much of a stage show this thing was. And she said, and I've been looking for a church. 
I'm going, I'm in the wrong place. Oh, my goodness. I've got a story for you, but it's going to have to wait. We'll take the break. You're listening to Reason, Religion, Reality. Steve Evans, Wes Brown, Mallory Miller, Larry Holland. We're hanging out with Bob. We'll be right back after the break. And, of course, um, they did take their break. If you're just tuning in, this is Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I'm so glad that you're with us. This is our Friday and weekend show edition. And and last weekend, I had the privilege, as I was saying at the beginning of the program today, I made a trip to, to Lubbock, Texas. I flew out to Texas from our home in Georgia and spent time receiving a church into the church body, which I'm currently the presiding bishop. Besides radio and trying to be somewhat retired, I'm still in active ministry. So had a wonderful whirlwind trip to uh, to Lubbock, Texas, way out in West, West Texas, and was the guest on a program, Reason, Religion, and Reality. And as you just noticed, they were taking a break. And I'll tell you what, we need to do the same here on our program. And we'll be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The Jewish Priests coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now my last name is Kahn. Kahn means priest in Hebrew. See, in Hebrew, it was the name given to the sons of Aaron, the first high priest of Israel. So when I was a pretty little kid, my father told me that I was of the line of the Hebrew priests. Now, I had very little idea what that meant. What exactly was a Jewish priest? The only picture I had in those days of a priest was that of Father Malkehi down at St. Anthony's Catholic Church. I didn't know. I thought I was a special line of Jewish people who were descended from Irish Catholics. I didn't know. I never realized the full ramifications of being of the line of Aaron. How could I? In the 20th century, Hebrew priests aren't exactly in great demand. They ministered in the temple. In the days of the temple, they offered up the sacrifices and offerings to the Lord. Now, today, there's no temple and no sacrifice. So being in the line of the priests meant little to me until I came to Messiah. Then I discovered what being a priest was all about. Because it's written in the book of Peter, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You know what that means? That means that if you're born again, you too are a priest. You too are called to a most holy calling, to minister in the holy place, to offer up the offerings and sacrifices of God, to mediate and bring reconciliation between sinners and God, and to dwell in the presence of the living God. You see, you don't have to be born Jewish to be a priest, only born again. So do your thing, my friend. Rise up to the high calling on your life. Live holy, walk holy, rejoice in the presence of God because you too were born to be a priest. Want more? Ask for the genes of the Kohanim. Now the free gift for you, the most incredible evidence and proof of Jesus as Messiah discovered in the writings of the rabbis. You'll get it in the mystery of the temple doors plus sapphires guaranteed to give you the power of living a victorious life in God. All free. How do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's all you do. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be so blessed, but call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, my friend, you're on this earth for a great purpose, to be a blessing. So I invite you to join with me in bringing the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of the world. Salvation to five continents with over a billion people. Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. 
or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, at box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy. It's box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Adon Olam, the Lord of all. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back again to the second part of our program, which is known as Truth to Ponder, formerly known as your weekend show. Uh, Some places still remember that. We began this program back in end of February of 2015, getting ready to complete six years. I can't believe that six years have gone by since we started doing a weekly and now weekday and weekend radio program. So many people have been writing and giving support to this effort. I never anticipated at the beginning of this calendar year that I would be doing programs such as this. And I'll admit to you, I'll have to confess, there were times that even even doing something like the weekend show could, could take a lot of my time. We spent a significant amount of our time in Florida, where we primarily live, and we spent a good amount of time in Georgia. A little more now, explain it to you some other day. But ministry has been a huge part of my life for over 25 years. In fact, it was just back at the beginning of this year, on the 6th of January, I celebrated 25 years of ordained ministry. And what a journey it's been. I've been the pastor of small churches, large churches. Never anticipated doing what I'm doing today. Been through some hard times and some wonderful times. And even in spite of all the difficulty, God has been good to me. This year, I started out the year with great hopes of things we were going to get done for the church and other projects. And the pandemic struck and you know the rest. And so, somewhere along the way, the Lord has laid in my heart that this is going to be a changing year, 2020, and 2021 is going to be a roller coaster in in a number of ways. And the time to do a radio show such as this, whether it be a podcast on shortwave, who knows, there may be some radio stations that'll take it in the future. we'll, We'll pray about that. Try to get some information out that you need to have. And so we took it as a step of faith, my wife and I, to invest funds into getting this program launched. A friend of mine also contributed and made it happen. And here we are. We have completed four months, you know, more than that, I guess. So we're done with September, October, November, December, and January. Five months will be behind us. And I want to thank those that have made the the program possible. My time is free, as I've told you before. I don't need to make a living. God takes care of me in what I do. The airtime is beyond my ability to, to subsidize. And many of you have been just wonderful and generous. I can't thank you enough for your words of encouragement. And all gifts, large and small, go 100% to paying an airtime bill. We're currently on WRMI several times a day. 
and also now on KVOH, the voice of hope out of Los Angeles, California, 9975 at uh, 11 p.m. Eastern, heading kind of toward Texas, actually toward Lubbock and into the Caribbean. I want to thank you for your support. You can help us from the website truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. Our mailing address, if you'd rather use just a regular check, and that's made out to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, and the address is 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia, with a zip code of 30537. Once again, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. As I said last weekend, I was in Lubbock, Texas to receive a church, had a wonderful time with the congregation there and meeting the people, and then I was invited to be a guest on a radio show called Reason, Religion, and Reality, and that is heard on KFYO, noon to two, local time, in central time, and had the privilege of being their guest in the one to two o'clock hour before heading to the airport to begin the journey home. And I, I wanna share with you the time that I had in Texas. So let's get back to the program, Reason, Religion, and Reality, as heard on KFYO this past Sunday. Welcome back to Reason, Religion, and Reality. We're hanging out with Bob. We're talking shortwave radio during the break. Very, very cool. But before we went to the break, uh, you had mentioned uh, uh, these these production churches, <laughs> you know, this television. I went to a, a large local church here. Uh, I don't want to call it out necessarily, but uh, I, my wife and I, it's the first time we'd visited, and it was very interesting. And if you really paid attention, you could see the cues. The baptismal lit up with a spotlight, and, you know, you don't know that the, that the cameras are, are cueing, and, and if you're part of a production. Mm-hmm. And the music was, uh, and I, we went a couple times, and then, of course, I'm watching it. Uh, you know, I, I do a little broadcast, and so I'm watching for time and cues, and everything is exactly on time. The pastor walks out to the, you know, to the lectern exactly on time. The music's played on time. The light's up and down. And my wife says, I feel like I'm part of a game show. I mean, that's mm-hmm. exactly what she said to me. We're on TV, and I thought, you know, we are. How is that fluid? You know, how is that? It didn't bring me closer to anything. I listened to a great sermon. It was good scripture, but what I worry about is I worry about that people get the idea that that's all they got to do. They got to mm-hmm. show up and, and be part of the, be present when the TV show is getting filmed yeah. and then go home and everything's just fine. And that scares me to death. I call it, I use a term I'm going to, I borrowed called the Contemporex Church. Contemporex Church. The Contemporex Church. And I'm not making fun of it. Believe me, the sincerity of many of the people that are involved in trying to reach the lost, I get it more than. I really, I really get it. But I think we're so concerned in the production value of what we're doing. I pointed out, and, and, and here's another little dirty secret that I, because I, I went to one of those churches not many years ago, invited, and I'm listening to the sermon or the message, whatever the guy, he gets out there, he's got his, you know, they have those clear uh, plexiglass 
lecturing things out there. He has his notes. He's wearing his blue jeans and his golf shirt. And he's got all the on-cue videos and everything to go with his message. And people are thinking, this guy's a great pastor, man. He just think of the work that he does to put this whole production together. And then I grabbed my phone and I went, I'm not going to say the name of the company. I said, let me show you something. Here's the entire series. You can buy it for $199. It comes complete with your videos and all your artwork, your graphics, and your notes. And everything you need, including the notes to pass out to people. I said, they're not even writing their own stuff. Here's They're the bomb. buying it. Here's the bomb I'm going to drop. I've I've always believed that that clergy, ministers, pastors bear a much larger responsibility when they're shepherding a flock. Does a pastor that allows this TV production to happen are they going to be judged more harshly in your opinion? Yes, and here's why. Because they were more concerned about the production value than they were about the quality of the life changes in the people entrusted to their care. There's a term I learned when I was studying for the ministry. And it was a term, it didn't make any sense to me, and I had this you know, very stuffy old kind of codging instructor saying, you'll be the curer of souls. And I'm going, what, what does that mean? You're the curator of their souls, and God's gonna hold you accountable for each one that you're not caring for. Never let your mind forget it that you are the curator or the, you know, you're in charge. He gives you these people you're entrusted with. Don't ever take them for granted or you'll pay the price. And a lot of pastors, unfortunately, they're content with, did we bring in enough money to pay the bills this week? And I've met some of those. Um, gee, we've lost a couple of members. We've got to get a couple of more to replace them. I mean, I've seen all the dynamics. For me, I don't care how many people... God puts in a church. I've had some churches I've been the pastor that have been large. And I've had some that have been small. And I've had some in between. My concern was what is the relationship that these people have with their Lord Jesus Christ? Not the relationship with this building or this organization or even me. I'm just, I'm a curator. I'm here to help. I'm here to, to enable you to come closer to the Lord through his word. I'm a shepherd. These are my sheep in this little pasture for the time being. And and I've just always looked at it that way. I'd rather have a church of 50 very dynamic people than a church of 500 that are there for the entertainment value. Who, when push comes to shove, like somebody dies and, you know, tragically in their household and they're not prepared, they have nothing to fall back on. And I meet people that will lose their faith because they've not been grounded in God's word. A pep talk and a rock concert is not church. Well, and I think that's one of the problems that we have with a lot of the contemporary churches. You know, there are three components that I think uh, are not left out of contemporary churches. And one of those components is the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the other is uh, professing the creeds. And then the uh, the way in many times uh, that they do uh, the Lord's Prayer, I mean, the, um, the Holy Communion. Mm-hmm. Those three aspects are kind of left out. You know, most young people do not know the Lord's Prayer. That's That was given to us as our guide how to pray. Most people don't know the creeds that were given that if you know the Apostles' Creed, and you can say that if you know what a creed is, it's a credo. 
It's your belief statement of belief. Then you know what you believe. And if you do the Holy Communion correctly, then you are professing Christ as your Lord through remembering him. I was raised Missouri Synod Lutheran as a child. And I went to their parochial school system for most of my life until we moved to a small town and the school was not there and I had to go to a public school briefly. But we memorized that, the creeds at a young age. I could do both the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed by the time I was in the third or fourth grade. Too many Christians today, or those that, that say they follow Christ, you ask them, what do you believe? And you get a really strange mix of answers. Well, I believe if you live a good life and you're nice to other people, that you'll go to a better place. Well, that's not the answer. What do you believe? Why, why do you believe what you believe? They can't tell you. They just want to believe in something. There's an innate part of us that is seeking our creator God. And if you, feel it a, if you feed it a counterfeit, people will latch onto it. Too many churches today are getting into this all, I call it the all dogs go to heaven religion. <laughs> in other words, well, Buddha works. Well, you know, Shintoism may work. You just have to, you know, be a nice person. Take care of the planet. Be good. All right. It's time for a quick check of the news and whether you're listening to Reason, Religion, and Reality with Wes Brown, Mallory Miller, Larry Holland, Steve Evans, and Bob. We'll be right back right after the break. And then, of course, the station took their regular break. It's a commercial station, so there were a lot of breaks. Uh, this is Bob Bierman. You're listening, actually, to, to Truth to Ponder. And, and last Sunday, I was the guest on a radio show in Lubbock, Texas, called Reason, Religion, and Reality. And I had a great time as I was visiting Texas on a, a mission a trip, a church-related trip. And I was invited to be a guest and I hope you're enjoying that. Well, they got their break done, and then they came right back. Robert Bierman with us, 770-5790. If you would like to call in, we're going to go right to the phones. Alan, you're on KFYO. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. I've, I've really enjoyed the show today. I just had a couple of quick comments, and then I was going to ask um, the bishop a, a question, or maybe if he could comment on something. First of all, Mallory was talking about revival, and we definitely need that, and we all want that. And the bishop was talking about Samuel and the change after Samuel, that uh, that Israel had become lackadaisical and moved in that direction. Um, I had been reading Isaiah a lot, and Isaiah, hundreds of years before Israel went into decline and was taken into captivity and by the Assyrians and the, and the Babylonians, uh, Isaiah predicted problems, and he, when you look at it, you can just see America written all over it. It says mm-hmm. in Isaiah three that that their uh, their their leaders became mere lads and compri- and capricious children, and it says Jerusalem has stumbled and and Judah has fallen. This is hundreds of years before it happened, because their speech and their actions were against the Lord to rebel against His presence. Is that not America today? And it said that they displayed their sins like Sodom. They didn't even try to hide it. And then it says at the very end of, of three, it says, uh, those who guide you lead you astray and confuse the direction of your path. And those are those are things that happened before Israel was taken into captivity. And if you look at America today, it seems weak and in decline. 
God's patient with America, like he was patient with Israel. But it seems to me, and I'm asking for the bishop's elaboration on this, because I just enjoyed so much what he said about Samuel, but is America in some type of slow judgment right now? Patient Absolutely. Judgment? Absolutely. That's what it seems like. And, and let me... Let me let me kind of explain why I think that. This nation, in so many ways, has been blessed more than any other nation on the face of this earth. We have had freedom of religion and even freedom from religion, if that's what you wanted. But as I mentioned this morning, I said, at least in this country up to maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago, even if you were not a Christian, you, you had a respect for those that were. You didn't spit in the face of somebody that was a Christian, but they do that today. The arrogance, it's not so much that I'm not a believer or I'm not a regular church attender. We've moved to a hostility against people of faith, an anger against people of faith. I'm dealing, I'm not going to say the name of the town. There's a church coming on board that's moving into our church body up in Massachusetts, and they're trying to tell that church that they don't think that they're a proper church, so they need to pay property tax. They've just, and I'm going, who made you the arbiter of what you consider a legitimate denomination or not? But you have, but I find out the gal in charge of being the assessor's office is an atheist and makes no bones about it on Facebook. Kind of a dumb thing to do. So, yeah, unfortunately, we're going to have to deal with it, and it's a lawsuit. But this is what's happening. You have people in government that are atheists, and they use the power of their office trying to destroy a church or, or bankrupt it or make it pay money. The building is built a hundred and some odd years ago, but they're trying to assess it for this outrageous value as commercial property and that's thereby extract everything, all their operating capital out of it in property tax. And she's proud of that. And so we're going to have to deal with that issue. I, I never heard of anything like that 20 years ago, but you see it today all over. Yeah. So we were blessed in so many ways, but as we've walked away from even acknowledging God, just the, the sheer acknowledgement. When I was a kid, I was probably like 10 years old when they got rid of prayer in the school. So I'm old enough to kind of remember back. That was the beginning of a change. We didn't see it in the first five years or even 10 years or 20. But in the bigger cities and certain places, it happened quicker. In small rural Georgia or middle Florida or South Carolina or even little towns in upstate New York, it took a long time before it caught up. But we've moved from just tolerating or getting along with or at least being respectful to those of faith to now being hostile to those of faith, calling what they preach hate speech. And this is going to keep going. Look, Canada, in some provinces, you preach certain things in a pulpit, you're going to be shut down. You can't preach certain things in Canada now and or in parts of Europe. You cannot preach against certain things. It's called hate speech, and you can go before a tribunal. If you don't think that's not happening here soon, you're deceived. It's going to happen here, and it's probably going to happen sooner than later. Yeah. Alan, we'll give well, you the last I, word. 
I, I totally agree with him, and I think that America is under a judgment. Israel didn't. Israel thought it was powerful, couldn't come under a judgment mm-hmm. like that. City after city was taken. It was a long process. God had lots of patience with them, and that's what's happening in America today. We're witnessing it. To get to Mallory's point about needing revival, people have to be sober and aware that God is lifting his hand of protection from this country and that the problems that we're suffering aren't because God hates us or punishes us. He's loving us, and he's saying, come back to me. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse, and that's why you have all those troops in Washington, D.C., and that's why you got a guy coming to be our president that none of us want or scared to death of. That's yeah, Alan, but my God is bigger than uh, Biden. Absolutely. Right. Alan, uh, Alan, my friend, great to hear your voice. Thank you so much for, for calling in. All right, let's do this. Let's take the break. You're listening to Reason, Religion, and Reality. Steve Evans, Wes Brown, Mallory Miller, Larry Holland, Robert Bierman will be right back after the break. And then once again, they took their regular break and uh, came back. By the way, if you're just tuning in, this is the program Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I'm sharing with you part of my trip last weekend to, to Lubbock, Texas, to receive a church. And then I was a guest on the radio program, Reason, Religion, and Reality, heard on KFYO AM 790 and FM 95.1. Had a great time. We came back after the break. I'm not going to play every bit of it because there were some you know, other discussions that are not pertinent to, uh, to being on this program. And we kind of winded up the, the hour with this. But what else can I do for you? Is, I mean, I'm here as your guest today. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting you're on shortwave because we might want you to help us get onto a shortwave. Oh, I can help you do that. Too. You're talking to the right guy. <laughs> well, you want to be live or you want to, you know. I'm telling you, the Lord had a reason for bringing you here today, and it was to, to get reason, religion, reality on shortwave broadcast. I'm, it should I'm, be. I'm convinced that's what it is. Well, it is, in, it is in, written. And <laughs> bishops, bishops should be pastor of the pastors. Yes. And that that that's a refreshing thing to me. Okay, I'm finally going to say something. Oh, and you know, is uh, it good or bad? Well, I, I hope it's it's good because okay, I'm just Larry. I have a business. I get to serve the Lord. I get to serve the Lord in my business. I get to serve others. You know, I'm pretty happy doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and I don't have to become some big name anywhere. Um, I am happy doing what I'm doing. Amen. Amen. I was happy doing what I was doing, too, before I went into ministry. And I never (laughs) thought I would be doing anything different. Even though I was kind of ministry, I was working for a Bible college building their radio ministries. And I thought, that was perfect. I'm doing God's work. I don't want to do any more than this. And then, you know, God has his own plans. Well, and it may or may not be for everyone. I'm happy just being a servant of the Lord. And if I'm called to do something else, then I'll answer the call. Amen. Let's do this. Let's take the break. We'll be right back with that very, very, very special final segment we call Final Thoughts. You're listening to Reason, Religion, and Reality. I almost didn't get that out. We'll be right back. And truthfully, that uh, completed my time on the program. The regular hosts take a couple of minutes to, to share some thoughts as they close it out. In my case, I had to get in the car and start heading heading to the airport because I had a flight uh, less than two hours from that point of time. And we had to get across town and, you know, checked in TSA and, and all the stuff involved with flying today. 
Honestly, I had a wonderful time on that trip. I needed to be away. I needed to be with God's people. I needed to be at that church. Um, I've been talking with this particular pastor. He and I are both Anglican, very traditional, Bible-believing individuals with a with a heart for the Lord. And he and I have been talking. He's in a different, he, he was in a different Anglican group, but just didn't feel at home. Didn't feel at home. And he and I have been talking for quite a while, and his congregation felt a little bit odd too because they're they're just an on fire they're a small group but they're a growing group and they just felt that they needed to be in a different uh, under different authority to go to the next level where god is calling them and we we talked about this for quite a while this is not a rush decision and so i made the trip out there actually i left it was kind of funny left last friday and uh because I had a very early flight on Saturday, and, and I didn't want to drive from our mountain house across the mountains in potential fog and everything else that can happen this time of the year. So I left Friday afternoon, spent the night near the Greenville-Spartanburg airport, and it's a good thing that I did. It snowed after I left. It was not in the forecast, so I would have had both snow and fog to deal with on that you know three-hour drive. But got there, took my flight, and uh, got in that afternoon, had a chance to really sit down and get to know the pastor of the church. Got a little nap, met some more people for dinner. Church the next day, had a wonderful time. Really, really did have a wonderful time. And enjoyed my time in Lubbock, Texas. And then on to the radio station. And you just heard the uh, highlights of the time being on Reason, Religion, and Reality on KFYO. I hope you enjoyed that little segment, our little time together. And then we caught the flight home, got in late, really late on Sunday night. More snow again, so I had to spend one more night on the way home to make sure I could get home without being on a windy mountain road in the snow in the dark. And so we spent one more night getting in, finally got home Monday afternoon. And I'm so glad that we had had that time. Listen, that's all we have time for this weekend. Hope you enjoyed this kind of special program. Getting back to some very important topics beginning on Monday. We're going to get back and and be prepared for this new era in the United States and really around the world. Global reset and all. We got a lot to talk about. And I, I try to give you honest truth that you can ponder and take with you and fear not. If you believe in the work, you can go to the website, truth2ponder.com. Help us from there. If you'd like to send a small check to help cover the shortwave airtime, our mailing address is 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. Until Monday, may God bless. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.